Sales Paradise, episode 15. Hey, don't let someone's perception of you become your reality. You can go out and accomplish great things. You just have to go about it and do it in a certain way. And if people are telling you you can't do it, ignore them. Keep moving. This is Sales Paradise. Now here's your host, our dad, Chandler Barron. <laughs> Today we have Donald Hatter Jr. He's a best-selling author, speaker, and has more than 20 years of sales and marketing experience. He's developed partnerships with global brands like Walmart, Shell Oil, and Visa. Donald, welcome to Paradise. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. So, Donald, how did you get into sales? I did sales and had a few roles when I was in college. So I sold advertisements and financial services. I was doing consulting for a number of years, worked in operations for a number of years, then moved over into kind of product marketing, which was a job I loved because it kind of combined my marketing background with my development background, software development background. So that that was great. Um, and then I had this one experience where I was working for a startup probably about six or seven, seven years into my career after getting my MBA. And two things happened. One day, like one Wednesday afternoon, the CEO came to me and said, Donald, I want to talk to you. And I said, sure. We went into his office and he said, look, uh, we're having trouble with the vice president of marketing. We might have to let her go. If we do, can you take over that role? You know, just wanted to verify that your skill set, you know, is what we need. So we had that really good conversation. A couple of weeks later, there was a, an announcement that we're going to have a company-wide meeting. And this is kind of late 90s, early 2000s. So when you get those kind of announcements, everybody gets really excited because we just assume internet startup company we're about to get. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we had this off offsite meeting. And right before the meeting, my boss, who worked for the CEO, says, hey, can I talk to you? I'm, sure. So I go into a conference room. And when I walk in, there are a number of people in there. And essentially everybody in there, except for my boss and the HR director, got laid off. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So how do I go from about to get promoted to a couple of weeks later? Now I'm out of out of work. So it was really hard for me to believe. But the experience itself was really, really interesting. And I learned a lot from it. Um, so when it came down to it, one of the things that happened is the company was running out of money and I didn't know it. So if you weren't directly building the product, selling the product or making decisions on who to keep, you were pretty much let go. Man, that's a, that um, meeting turned out much different than you thought. <laughs> it, it, it certainly did. I mean, so if you're in a situation where someone wants to have an impromptu meeting on a Friday afternoon, uh, come up with a reason why you're sick and can't make it. Oh, man, it's just like uh, on Seinfeld with George Costanza where um, he said you, they can't break up with you if they can't get in touch with you. <laughs> exactly. No impromptu meetings on a Friday afternoon. And so the reason I gave you that story was was twofold. One, after that, I'm like, no, I'm moving to the to the revenue generating side and I'm going to be that that's right before I started becoming a full time sales professional where I carried a number. Yeah, I like how you basically figured out which roles were uh, the most valuable uh, in times of trouble or in times of struggle with the company. So tell us about your book as far as uh, becoming invaluable. So, absolutely. So becoming invaluable is 
an extension upon my experience that I just talked to you about as it relates to uh, being released from that startup. One of the things that I didn't know back then that I know is extremely important now is you have to understand how what you're working on fits into the grand scheme of what the company's doing. But more, more particularly, the book itself is all about teaching professionals, right? So if you're going to work for someone, these are some things that you need to know. And what I, what I try and teach individuals to do is, okay, let's, let's start with a plan and work backwards. Because what you really want to do is you, you really have, you want to be valuable, but you actually have to learn how to manage the perception of your value. So I do a lot of motivational speaking. And oftentimes when I talk to kids, I make sure and tell them, hey, don't let someone's perception of you become your reality. You can go out and accomplish great things. You just have to go about it and do it in a certain way. And if people are telling you you can't do it, ignore them, keep moving. In, in a professional setting, what people think of you matters. And what are some ways that you can actually help change that? So there, there are a number of a number of ways, but it's it's interesting. So if I have to really summarize the book and give like my best advice in one sentence, a lot of what I tell folks is learn how to solve important problems for influential people. Oh, that's a, that's a really good insight there. Right, not not important people, influential people. Yeah, right. Important important problems for influential people. So a large part of what the book talks about is how do you do that? So first thing is 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 understanding that the days of I'm just going to work hard and everything's going to work out. Those days are just gone. Those days ago. So having a skill set and working hard is a bare minimum. The book starts to walk you through, okay, well, if you're going to solve important problems, we have to first be able to solve problems. But secondly, we have to understand what the problems are. So you need a skill set. But not only do you need a skill set, you need enough information about the organization to understand what's important to them. So what are some additional things that a rep can do? So so developing a skill set is a bare minimum. Understanding what the product is and understanding the market is is extremely important. And then within your company, understanding how the product fits into the overall mix of everything it is they're trying to do. Some people are working on products that are extremely important for the companies and, and other people are working on products that represent a line that we're about to get rid of. Oh, that's a good point. I was going to say it as a young salesperson. You want to be careful because you can't get too caught up into that because you don't necessarily have the ability to sit there and say, well, I don't want to sell this product. I want to sell that other product. But that's where it starts to come into play, the idea of understanding who's influential. So maybe you're in the wrong area, but the person you're working for has a tremendous amount of influence. So if you perform well for that person, even if we get rid of your product line, that person is getting reassigned and they're going to take you with him or her. Well, when you mentioned in one of the chapters of your book about understand the motivation of others, is that what you're talking about there? Well, so, so yeah, so that's some of it. And the other part of it is, and this just relates to this relates to sales in general. When you're developing developing a value proposition, whether I'm developing that value proposition for me as an individual or for for me in terms of someone selling a product or service, I need to understand that everybody has their own perception. So when dealing with individuals, I have to understand that and potentially deal with each person differently because each person may be motivated by different factors. 
oftentimes we we don't do that. We just we just either tell people why our why our product is valuable, and we we give the same line, the same pitch to every prospect. Well, well, if you're doing that, you're you're not understanding that everybody has a different perception. So even in your career, anyone that you're working with comes to the table with a different perception. So you need to be, you know, if you're going to be someone that's considered invaluable and and be someone that has a tremendous amount of influence yourself, you just have to understand that everyone's different. Yeah, with the teams I've managed, we would give the reps these personality type tests like Myers-Briggs, DISC, uh, to not only help with the rep and manager relationship, but we would have them actually figure out what their customers or where their customers would fit in so then they could adjust their style appropriately when they do call on them. Absolutely. But, you know, you mentioned something that's pretty interesting there um, because a lot of times I see organizations, I I may give, give people these personality tests, but then all my training is the same for everybody. You're, yeah, there's one size fits all. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's part of. And then I don't understand as a company or as an organization why only 13% of the workforce is actively engaged. I'm I'm trying to cram this training down everybody's throat, and and I'm all for structure, and, and you know creating an environment where you can repeat success. But I also have to understand, once again, everybody's different. They have different perceptions. They have different motivations. And I need to, to be aware of that and act accordingly. Yeah, it's fascinating how some of those tests actually help uh, you understand your, your strengths and your weaknesses um, even more you know, than you might have in the past. And even just as far as just kind of pinpoint like who would be more of a natural leader. And, you know, in your first book, um, The Ten Things That Great Sales Leaders Don't Do, or, or when you use the word leader, are you referring to people in management or being just a sales leader in general? People being a sales leader in general. So I'm leading some sales effort. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I'm careful because I do a lot of talks on leadership, not to interchange leader with manager. And I think most most companies do. I, I believe effective leadership is all about influence and not authority. So the question becomes, how can you be more influential in your sales cycle? So you mentioned the question earlier in, in our conversation about things that I had learned and mistakes I had made. One of the things I did when writing this book is I took the approach that there's so much knowledge, there's so much training, there's so much sales methodology, there's so many sales books, quality sales books. How can I take my unique experiences and add to the body of knowledge? So that that was my goal. And the book, 10 Things Great Sales Leaders Don't Do, is all about with all this information in the world and all this experience that people have, these are 10 things that I see over and over again. And some of them I've done and learned not to do. But these are just 10 things where some may be more simple than others, but these are 10 that just let's make sure you're not doing any of them. And if we can do that, then you're probably going to be better off because I I didn't want to get in the situation of I've created this whole new sales methodology and write about it. You know, when I look through here, I think I may have even broken uh, many of these yesterday. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) But, you know, it's a reminder that uh, we can actually be a leader no matter what our role is. Um, And it's even our responsibility to help other people perceive us that way. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So with the kind of sales I was doing, which was more strategic and consulting based sales with any success, any success that I had or any deal or sales cycle that I was involved with, people first evaluated me, then they evaluated the company and then they evaluated the, the product. So I whether I was a manager or not at the time, I was always leading that effort. Yeah, you were on the front line and like Donald, you know, if we're going to we're going to spend two, three hundred thousand dollars on your company, I I need you to play a certain role. (laughs) They don't say it that way, but that's that's their expectation. Oh, yeah. Right. So you you are you you are if you're going to close that deal, you're going to have to lead that deal. That makes you a leader. And it's a very important part because um, you're basically the face of the company to them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's important to, to realize. So once again, that the book is, is to really, it's a quick read. I understand a lot of sales professionals don't really want to spend a time reading a lot of time reading. I didn't either, but it's a book that literally can be read on an airplane and you can flip through. And hopefully if you flip through and don't do any of those things, and that's fantastic. If you do one or two or many, then the book explains why I think you should or shouldn't be doing it, um, and then you can make the decision to to change if if need be. Or you can even just if you're on the plane, um, give the person next to you fifteen dollars to read it to you. I do that many times. <laughs> <laughs> it gets a little annoying yeah, for the other sure. people, but you know, <laughs> you got to make sure they're good readers. So once again, there's so much knowledge out there. I I, I believe I have a unique experience. I, I mean, I've sold to a seafood wholesaler in Colquitt, Georgia, all the way up to doing deals with Shell, Exxon, Walmart. So I just try and take my experiences and see how I can add to the collective collective body of knowledge. And, and that, and then, so instead of creating a new methodology, the other thing that I have been able to do and articulate to folks is I have what I call the sales success formula. And the sales success formula is all about making sure people get to the right people at the right time with the right message. So no matter what methodology you're, you're using or what training you've had, I think at the end of the day, you have to be able to get to the right people at the right time with the right message. And I talk a lot about that as well. That's great. I think you do a great job on it. Um, well, you know, now actually now we're at that point for the last call lightning round questions. Well, Donald, are you ready for the, the rapid fire lightning round? I think I am. <laughs> oh, there's no way to know until we actually start, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm going to say I'm ready. All right. <laughs> think positively. As far as your books, for our sales reps, what, which one would you recommend them read first? I think the 10, 10 things great sales leaders don't do. Once again, a real quick read. Hopefully you open up the book and there's very few things in there that you actually do. If you do any, then, then once again, I'll explain or the book will explain why and you can move on, read it and make minor <laughs> changes and, and go forward and generate more revenue. <laughs> well, what about um, as far as uh, a quote, any type of quote that's kind of stands out in your mind? So quotes are interesting because I enjoy reading quotes. So depending upon the day and the time of day, I have different quotes that I lean on. I, I love some biblical quotes such as be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Another another one of my quotes uh, comes. I hear Les Brown say it all the time. He's like, you don't get you don't get what you want. You get what you are. Ah. 
in life. So I, which, which I love, you know, so if you want to be better, you have to become better. Um, if, you know, if you want something, you have to plan and make the appropriate, take the appropriate action items and go get it. So those are just a couple that, that kind of pop up. Well, what about charities? Any uh, charities that stand out for today? There are a, a couple. I, I, I should say my wife and I, uh, we donate to, to United Way. She's been on the board of the Urban League, donate to the NAACP. Uh, we still donate and I do some boards with, with both my alma maters. Um, and then I probably spend a lot of time um, with our fraternity has a scholarship fund. So we spend time raising money so that we can give um, kids in our communities that might not have had the opportunity otherwise to go to college. We can we can help by getting them money and giving them encouragement to go and pursue pursue their education so that ultimately they can reach their dreams. So those are just a few of the things that, that I work on. That's awesome. Well, now that we're, we're kind of closing out, what would be a way to kind of wrap it up or a takeaway message for the audience? Sure. So from a professional perspective, once again, I, I speak on leadership, professional development, sales and marketing, but really the underlying thing to everything I talk about is this whole idea of managing the perception of your value. So when you, when you do things, just make sure you're adding value to others. <laughs> That's a very good advice there. Well, I, I, absolutely. And I'll give you an example since we're, we're talking to a lot of sales professionals. Oftentimes we send emails to clients and we, we send them because it's something we want to communicate or our boss would have told us, hey, send that email. It says such and such. Well, before you hit send on that email, make sure you put yourself in the shoes of the person you're sending it to and ask, well, why would I care about this? <laughs> Right. And we and we do that all the time without we send without asking that question all the time. And then you're just, you know, your the perception of your value isn't what you what you want it to be. So just think about how am I adding value to someone else? And the other thing I want to say as, as it relates to that, just because you say something that's true doesn't mean it's valuable. Oh, I love that. Um, that's going to make some people think. Uh, think twice about what they say. <laughs> um, well, Donald, and man, it has been so great having you here. I really appreciate you joining us here in Sales Paradise. Hey, it's it's my pleasure. And, and hopefully I was able to shed some insight. And if anyone has any questions of me, they certainly could, could reach out to me. Just donaldhatter.com is the website. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to exchange in a conversation with someone that has questions on anything that I've said or written. Awesome. All right. Well, have a great day. You do the same. Talk to you soon. 